Blog Talk Radio. with Live Without Limits on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Today we're talking about turning Sunday into payday. The entrepreneur builds an enterprise. The technician builds a job, said Michael Garber. While working and studying entrepreneurial legends for over 25 years, I've concluded that there are three main reasons that people start their own business. They are money, freedom and flexibility, or cause and passion. Some will debate the money is the best reason because it takes the emotion out of business. Others say that flexibility is the best reason because it allows you to live your life in the manner that best suits you and your family, while others say that following your passion is the true road to happiness. Here's something to think about. Today, because all business is done on the Internet, what you're really doing is creating for yourself a lifestyle way of living, a lifestyle business. What that means is you can do your business from almost anywhere you are, from any time of day. It's up to you to choose how you want to live your life. I became an entrepreneur back in the 1980s. I would have been an entrepreneur anyway because I really like working on my own and working independently. But at the time, it was literally because I could not find another job. And why couldn't I find another job? Not that I wasn't qualified, but that it was prior to the Americans with Disabilities Act, even though we were under the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, you still did not have the ADA. And what made the ADA different from the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 was literally that there was a clause in there that you could go to either the EEOC or the Department of Justice and file a discrimination lawsuit. But you also had to be able to prove discrimination but it made, it made companies begin to think differently about people with disabilities in the workplace. And today, what has happened is that what, when I started my business, I had training in psychodrama and I had training in transactional analysis. The problem is I did not have the master's in counseling or the PhD in counseling. So even though I could have run groups and made a decent living, 
I could not get in with the mental health agencies and get referrals simply because I didn't have the credentials. And it goes back to the fact that prior to the Individual Disability Education Act, children with disabilities did not have the option for education either. It was not until 1980 when the IDEA took effect that you started seeing people with disabilities actually getting an education. And the ADA became law simply because there were a lot of people with disabilities getting out of college who were having few options of entering into the workplace. Therefore, it was up to the government to begin to pass laws to help people with disabilities integrate into the workplace. But now, because everything has moved onto the internet, it has literally changed how business is done today. And in those changes, it's made it more of an equal playing field for people with disabilities. Therefore, I was the leader of the curve and I also became an advocate for disability rights. And when the Olympics came to Atlanta in 1996, Billy Payne and the Atlanta IOC committee did not want to bid for the Paralympics. Therefore, it was up to the disability community to bid for it and bring it to Atlanta. And it was literally treated as though it was the stepchild. But Samaranch was the head of the IOC at the time, and he believed in the Paralympics, and therefore the laws of the, the bylaws of the charter for the Olympic Committee changed. And what, how it changed was after 1996, whenever a host country bid for the Olympics, they were automatically bidding for both. Therefore, they had to prepare for both. And you find that the Paralympics follows the Olympics into the host city two weeks later. And since I learned thus far, the 10 best business relationship building tips to help you, your profits soar. Know something personal about the people you do business with. Some people don't believe in mixing business with pleasure, but your business should be your pleasure. Think about how much you spend on your business. It makes it so much nicer to know what is important to your colleagues. For anyone who has kids, there are nothing more important than making an effort to know their children's names. Or if your colleague is an avid golfer or tennis player, ask them how their game is going. This doesn't have to be 
to monopolize the entire conversation, but it's a great way to start off a business lunch or meeting, especially when you have not seen the person in a while. Let's reiterate that a little bit. This becomes part of your customer relationship management and how you keep up your your email contacts with your professional connections because you never know when business can come your way or be referred to you simply because of someone that you know and like and trust. Always be sincere. Has this ever happened to you? You're at the conference and you meet someone in your industry. You seem to hit it off well. And you know that this could be a good business connection. Your new business connection even initiates the card exchange and says, call me anytime. You follow up right away with a phone call and an email and nothing happens. After a few weeks of trying, you realize it's a dead end. If you have no intention of cultivating a relationship, do not give the impression otherwise. It's really okay not to offer cards at conferences. And if someone asks you if they can call and you know you're not interested, tell them up front. Be polite and respectful but never give the impression that you're going to do something when you know you're not. I think this is one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is that part of business building relationships is to do follow-up, not just exchange business cards, but literally follow up. If you notice, even online, if you connect with someone, what do they want you to do? They give you an option, with one of them being that you get together for coffee and you get to know each other. This is one of the best ways to create really good, ongoing, professional relationships and as I said before, it's all a matter of networking. If you notice, even online in forums, one of the things that they encourage and what makes Facebook really good is that if you post something that someone else answers it, and I'm actually on a site called Quora, and what is neat about Quora is that people ask questions. And they look for the experts in that field to answer those questions. And the neat thing and why it's important for you to answer them, that they get to know that you're an expert in the field because there can be multiple answers that kind of go along the same tunes. Respond to come colleagues in a timely manner. We're all busy. Someone else's biggest priority is usually not our own. However, if you agree to do something 
for someone, do it in a timely manner. Recently, a colleague wrote a book and wanted some feedback on his first chapter. Unfortunately, his request went onto my junk email folder. When I saw the request three days later, I immediately sent him an email explaining the situation and told him I would read the chapter right away and send him my comments. It was 11 p.m. when I saw the request, but I still read the chapter and sent off my comments right before midnight. Sure, I would rather have gone to bed and done it in the morning, but I knew this was important to him. We had been colleagues for 10 years. We had worked on multiple projects together, and he never missed a deadline. Sure enough, he was online and sent me a big thank you as soon as he received my email. Always arrive on time. Fashionably late does not exist in business. Showing up late for business meetings or lunches lets the other person know that you don't respect their time and that you think your time is more valuable. It also makes one question if the project will get done on time. Here's also something else to think about that how you talk to someone shows them how you respect them. And one thing I'm going to relate is a story that's happened to me, and it's not quite business, but it does show you how disrespectful some people can be. I live in a community where it's a condo community, and all the numbers go in sequence, where it's 1, 11, 2, 12, 3, 13. But we had a president in our building who wanted to move his parking spot over by the walkway. So then he started changing the numbers around for his friends. And recently, I had had, since my number was out of sequence, I, when they finally painted the bumpers and we had a new president, I got them to change my number and move it back to where it belonged and it's in the right position. And the woman whose, whose number was in my spot was moved back to her, her correct position, but the party who lived in the apartment one was parked there, and he literally resented that the numbers were changed because he felt like he owned that parking spot. And I asked him very nicely to, that I didn't care if he parked there as long as he moved it when I needed it, and that my sister was coming into town and she wanted to park there. Well, he refused to move his car out of what was my parking spot that I asked him, then she asked him, then she came back and he still hadn't moved and she honked and honked the horn until he had someone who was staying with him 
come out and move his car. Then about a week later, he's passing me and he's telling me how she was out of line for making him move his car because I gave him permission to park there. I never gave him any permission to park there. I I didn't care. I wasn't going to argue with him over the parking spot, but I never gave him permission. But he had told me I had. Then, a few days later, he decided he was going to park there again. This time, I called security on him to tell him to move his parking place or his car out of it. And they did. And he moved, but then he called over the president and he tried to get her to move the change the numbers back so he could go back to parking in that parking spot, which was not hers to begin with if you look at the sequence. Well, now he he decided that he was gonna park in in the fourteenth slot. Well someone in fourteen must or someone that knew told him to move from there. So what does he do? He moves right back in my parking spot. And now I have a workman coming because I have to have my water heater replaced. And they wanted to park in my parking spot because they happened to be parked in someone else's parking spot and that person wanted them to move. And I went to him and asked him, And he just looked at me, and he wouldn't move. And then when I said to him, do I need to call security, then he decided he was going to curse me. So so my workman went over and asked him to move, and he finally moved. And then later on in the day, I had to call security and tell them what happened. And then they went to the president And the president went to him and told him to park in his parking spot. So his answer was to that, then I'll park in guest parking. Well, who are you spiting but yourself when you're cursing someone when you want to park in their parking spot or being obnoxious to them because you don't want to move your car because you feel you're being wronged? All you're doing is creating more of a problem for yourself, and it's something that you should always think about when you treat people in a bad way because all it does is either fall back on your head or if it doesn't fall back on your head immediately, it will eventually come around to you. Never use your children as an excuse. Many times, the reason for not finishing a report or being late for a meeting very well may be because one of your children wasn't feeling well, or they couldn't find their homework, or you forgot to pack school lunches. Regardless of the reason, never walk into a business meeting that you are late for and announce that spot eight commons homework and you spent the last hour redoing the assignment. Simply apologize for being tardy and ask what you missed and move on. There will be times when real emergencies occur. At that point, it is perfectly fine to let your colleagues know 
that you need to leave because your child needs you. Be positive. No one likes to be around cranky people aside the fact that cranky people take the fun out of things. It can be training and counterproductive. A study published the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology shows that positive people accomplish more than negative people. Know something about your potential business associates at company. If you are off to meet with any potential business associate, make sure that you do your homework. Understand that the company's main function and core competencies, know how long they've been in business, have a basic understanding of how you can work together with the internet. All the information is just keyboard away. As a trainer, as a speaker, one of the things that we're often taught are in, in, as part of the eight platform skills is how to, whenever you are putting together a contract with a company and you're coming in to do presentations or you're coming in to do training, one of the best things that you can do is come in before you actually do the training and ask questions of the employees. That way, you not only get to know them, but you get an idea of what the culture is going on in that company, and you can adapt to it and bring it forth so that it all works together and helps you accomplish your goal with that company. Never, ever gossip. Being known as a gossip is the fastest way to destroy business relationships, regardless of your skill set. No one will want to work with you. Gossip can destroy careers and take up valuable time that could be spent on gratifying situations. Give more than you get. Karma does exist. If you are known as the WIIFM, what's in it for me type, you need to work to change your image when you are willing to help others without payback. It comes back to you tenfold. Don't get me wrong. We're, we are all running businesses, working towards maintaining a balanced life. However, helping a business colleague without the expectation of play, payback will be far more beneficial to you in the end, just say no. Being a working mom, we try to please everyone. However, there are times when saying no is a request in business is better than saying yes. If your plate is full and you know that you will not be able to honor the request in a satisfactory manner, then don't. Do it. If you know the outcome will be substandard, you're at risk of hindering your credibility, disappointing your colleagues, and missing deadlines on projects 
you have already committed to. By saying no, your colleagues will actually respect you more for your honesty and commitment to finishing what you already started. These lessons alone will help you make more money and gain less flexibility in business, leading you to the laptop lifestyle you deserve. And this is important. Yes, my epiphany spoke to my passion. However, starting and calculating, let's go back. However, starting and calculating a profitable business is important. And managing that business while procuring flexibility adds tremendous value to my life. As you can see, all three sides of the triangle, the money, the passion, the flexibility should be considered in starting and running your business. As your business grows, the priorities may shift. Some days, all three could share in equally. Someday, one of the two may be a strong lead. Just like aspects of your life, your business is continually evolving. And Let's go back a little bit and talk about why it's important to say no when you need to. And a lot of that falls back on one thing. One thing alone, that when you consider the fact that when you don't say no and you let everyone tell you, what to do and how to do it or throw on you what it is that you don't want to do, then what happens? You end up doing things and overburdening yourself and stressing yourself out. So always be aware that in this case, it's important for you to decide whether or not you want to be successful in all the things that you choose to do. And it's always important to remember that there are times that people will pass along something that they don't want to do to you. And it's okay to say no, because if you've got enough on your plate and you allow them to pass off to you something that you don't want to do or don't have the time to do, then you're putting expectations and too much stress on yourself. So always be aware that it's up to you to know what your limitations are and how you can get the job done to the best of your ability. And as we were talking about, the 10 different things all work together. And number nine was to give more than you get. Always remember, especially as an entrepreneur, if you give more value for, for a project or a product than you actually sell it for, then that's how you get your customers to know, 
like, and trust you. And by doing that, what have you just accomplished? You let them get to know, like, and trust you. And by building that kind of relationship with them, then you are creating and building a, a relationship that it can not only get you repeat business from the customer, but it can also get you referral business from those customers because this is how you grow a business. You're not continually doing the advertising and putting out money and to generate leads. What you're actually doing is building on the relationship with the people that you currently have so that what it does is it allows you to increase your relationship and build referral business. And remember, you can go to my website, and that website is the number one personal career coach dot com and you can sign up for both individual and group coaching and we also have e-learning courses that you can take that can help you to increase your skills <laughs>